It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Cincinnati Reds got a little bit of everything going on Tuesday night to start off this long West Coast road trip the way that we all wanted them to do. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds with myself, Jeff Carr. I am a lifelong Cincinnati Reds fan. I've turned an addiction into information for you. This is my fifth season now here at the helm of Locked On Reds. I want to thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to me talk some Reds with you. I encourage you, if you're listening, hit me up on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs. Or if you're here on YouTube and this is your first time, please drop a thought down in our comments section. I love talking Reds baseball and I want to talk Reds with you. Going to try out something new a little bit here today. Got a couple of questions I'm going to ask you along the way. Looking for your all's responses down in the comments section. Every day, as you know, we, uh, we love talking Reds baseball here. Locked on Reds this is, of course, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. And if you listen every day, please hit me up. Let me know uh, down in the comments section. If you see me at the ballpark, always happy to talk Reds with you wherever we are. The Reds got a huge win. And look, I know at this juncture, every win is a huge win. But looking at this West Coast road trip, big time win to start off the long trip. We're going to talk about what all came together for that because, well, that kind of reminded me of June a little bit, and we are going to get into a couple of roster thoughts. Number one, I think we're done with Nick Lodolo on the season. I also think we might be done with Jonathan India this year. I'll tell you why. And I think we are done seeing Nixon Zell in a Reds uniform. That's all coming up on today's show. Thank you so much for joining us here. But the Reds got a big 4-3 win over the Los Angeles Angels on Tuesday night. Got the uh, 10-game road trip started off the right way. And they had the the whole rain delay thing that kind of pushed everything back on us a little bit. It was a late-night game. They're going to have another late-night game tomorrow as the second part of the doubleheader. But that's what we're used to here in Cincinnati whenever you're watching your Reds on the West Coast. But what they did on Tuesday night reminded me, and I hope it reminded you, why they are in a position to chase the playoffs with the way that they won on Tuesday. They, they got a little bit of everything, and it starts with Graham Ashcraft. Graham Ashcraft was phenomenal. And look, if you ask anything more of Graham Ashcraft from the start, you're basically asking him to pitch a shutout because seven innings, he only allowed three runs. They were all three on solo home runs. This was something that coming into the series was an interesting nugget of info about the Angels is that they score a lot of their runs off of big flies. They love to hit those home runs. So if you can make sure that there's nobody on base when they do it, that's a good thing. And he did. He only had two walks, only gave up a couple of base hits. Career high, 10 strikeouts, though. 
that was the difference in this one. And uh, really, Graham Ashcraft was dominating every hitter in the lineup. He dominated Shohei Otani. He dominated Mike Trout, who returned off the injured list there. He really dominated everybody, and it was a good outing for him. Uh, he had his cutter working. His slider was all right. He wasn't throwing it as much as normal. He, In fact, he was working in his sinker a lot more, and that was good to see. He was you know, getting some uh, weak contact with the sinker. That's something that's key for him moving forward because it can't just be the cutter and the slider. He's got to have something else there. And it's funny because the way that he pitched, I mean, it's another seven-inning start. Dude has had so many of those recently, and it's been so clutch for the bullpen. The bullpen was able to follow up with a very nice outing, shutout ball between Sam Maul, uh, Ian Jabot, and Alexis Diaz because they only had to get six outs. But the pitching for me and the way that Graham Ashcraft was able to do this and the defense behind him Kind of has me wondering, I want to ask you this, is this the spark? Is this how we see the Reds kind of get their second win? Because I've said it a couple of times, and I know that there's been people in the comments that are just like, can it just be a win? Can it just be a game? But I think we're looking ahead. We're trying to figure out, all right, this team is not out of it. I know there's plenty of people that want to say, ah, they're done. They got all these rookies. They're not going to make the postseason. I don't know why they talk like they're from a 1920s detective movie, but I I really feel like people are discounting the talent on this team. They're discounting the ability that these guys have and the way that these young guys really showed through on Tuesday night has me wondering, is this the spark? They they referred, you know, Matt McClain and Spencer Steer did the post-game interview with Jim Day and they once again refer to themselves as America's team. Haven't heard them do that for a little bit. They were referring to themselves as America's team whenever they were going good in the middle of June and, and there in early July. Kind of makes you wonder, are they getting that feeling back? It's probably from electric plays like Ellie De La Cruz, though. Ellie De La Cruz had a night. Uh, he reached on an error. The, the big thing for me and the big thing for everybody was that fifth inning. The Reds scored three runs with two outs, and that was basically the difference in the ballgame in the top of the fifth. But in the top of the fifth inning, Ellie De La Cruz reached first on an error by Angels rookie first baseman Nolan Shanuel. And the play, if you did not see it, it was a slow bouncing ball that – if anyone else on this roster hits that slow bouncing ball, Nolan Shanuel fields it cleanly, maybe runs over to first, steps on first, maybe flips it to the pitcher as he's running to cover, and it's an easy out. But it's Ellie De La Cruz, and when he is hitting, it's in the back of the mind of every fielder. He might beat me to the bag. We've seen him beat a pitcher to the bag. We've seen him beat first baseman to the first base bag when they field a ground ball that they think should be routine. So in his mind, he's like, I got to get the first base. And so he did the whole thing that every football fan hates watching their favorite football players do. He tried to run without the ball. He like turned to look and like, okay, let's get going. And the ball just caromed off his glove. And oh, by the way, there were runners on second and third that both scored on this play, this slow bouncing ball that I mean, you look, it's ruled an error. When you look at it in a stat sheet, it's not going to help Ellie De La Cruz's uh, batting average, and it's not going to give him RBIs, but it won 
the game. Ellie's speed changes the game. Speaking of speed, he stole second for his 20th steal of the season. That's right. He's played 64 games. He has 10 homers and he has 20 steals. Why did I choose those numbers? Because he is the fastest ever in the history of Major League Baseball to get 10 home runs and 20 steals. He did it in 64 games. And you're saying, well, why is that significant? Barry Bonds did it in 65. Ellie De La Cruz just did something faster than Barry Bonds did it. Did something better than Barry Bonds did it. Get used to this. With Ellie De La Cruz, these are the names that you're going to hear him compared to. You're not going to hear him compared to, you know, uh, Gabby Schmelzer from 1902 and this and that and the other. It's going to be guys that you know. It's going to be players that were at the top of their game that we've all heard of that were household names. Ellie De La Cruz is going to be in that conversation. Now, also, not to be outdone, he had a nice diving uh, stop on a ground ball that was going right up the middle, right past the second base back. Diving stop and throw. Got Randall Grichuk out at first. Oh, and by the way, he drew a walk. Because I, I just don't think people think he can do that. So I had to make that and to make that a note. I put that down. I wrote it in my notes. Ellie drew a walk. Because he can do that. Matt McClain also not to be outdone top of the first big home run to get the scoring going. Because really, Lucas Giolito dealt for the Angels in this game. Had it not been for Nolan Shanuel's error, very likely could have gotten out of this game with only one run allowed. And it was the Matt McClain home run in the top of the first. And as I mentioned, the bullpen, Sam Mall, which by the way, it's Mall, it's not Mole. So it's Mall. So Cincy Shirts needs to have a Darth Mall shirt like yesterday. And because I'm going to buy it, just, I'm just telling you, Cincy Shirt, like I have a couple of dollars that I would like to spend on a t shirt. Please make a Darth Mall t shirt. I will buy it yesterday. Uh, he, he pitched well, struck out Shohei Otani. Ian Jabot comes in, gets a three pitch out to get out of the eighth inning. And then Alexis Diaz, I was just, he was, he was amazing, but really Tyler Stevenson had a big play in that top of the ninth as well. Like Alexis Diaz looked solid. He hits a guy, uh, puts him on first, Logan O'Hoppy, uh, puts him on first base. They pinch run. They bring in Mickey Moniak, um, and then Moniak tries to steal second. Tyler Stevenson threw the most perfect throw you could possibly throw. And Matt McClain put down a brilliant tag. It was a nice uh, a tag that even after video review, they said, yep, he's out. It was great to see because Stevenson had another tough night at the plate, but he had a beautiful throw from behind. Look, it's nice to see America's team back at it. And is this the spark? Is this the spark? Love to hear your thoughts on that. Please uh, let me know down in the comment section or hit me up on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs. You know, look, the Reds told us something about the future as it pertains to a former top prospect. Coming up next, I'm going to tell you why we have seen the last of Nixon Zell in a Reds uniform. Before we get into that, I want to tell you about today's sponsor, and that is eBay Motors. Because for a championship team, it's about making sure that every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, 
you can be sure that the part you need fits right the first time around. All you have to do is you add your car to the My Garage area and then look for a green check mark next to the part so that you know it will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop at eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, get the right fit, and get the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The Reds and the Angels are back at it. Two games, two games today. Uh, one at 4 o'clock and then one at 9.38. I don't know why it's 9.38 38. It couldn't just be 40. Yeah, whatever. You can catch every pitch of the Reds' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search the word Reds. And thanks, as always, for making Lockdown Reds your first listen every day. Every dayers coming up on the next Lockdown Reds, will we be celebrating the Cincinnati Reds hitting the over? Because they're one win away. I love that. I can't wait. I can't wait to get in on that. And you know what? Before we uh, jump in, because uh, we're going to talk about Indian Lodolo and some bad injury news there, uh, shout out to Luke Weaver. He, he made it to Seattle. Just got signed by the Seattle Mariners to a major league contract. They didn't sign him to a minor league contract. A major league contract with the Seattle Mariners. Uh, I wish him and the Mariners good luck. <clears throat> All right, uh, Jonathan India and Nick Lodolo, and, and really, I think it's definitely Nick Lodolo, and I think Jonathan India may be done for the year. Just hear me out on this. Um, when it comes to India, Noel V. Marte being called up means I don't know that we're going to see. Jonathan India the rest of this season. And then Nick Lodolo uh, had a setback in his rehab. And I think he should just be shut down. We'll see you in Arizona. Tell you about that here in just a moment. Uh, first, let's start with India though, because if India was coming back, then why they fill his spot? I, I, I think that the Reds have shown us this year that if they believe a certain player is going to play a certain spot, and if they're hurt or if they're waiting on them to be called up or they're waiting on, you know, Nick crawl to call him up from the minor leagues or something like that, then they'll just fill that position with a fill in guy like a Kevin Newman or like a Nick Senzo, who we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, so why didn't they just do that? Why they call it Noofi Marte? Because look, if he uh, comes back up now, that means that either on an everyday basis or an every other day basis, you're telling one of them they can't be in the lineup. You're telling one of Joey Votto, Jonathan India, Noel V. Marte, or Christian Encarnacion Strand, you're guaranteeing that one of those four guys does not play, or at least doesn't start. And I find that to be a weird strategy. Maybe for Joey, and, and we can have that, and I think that might be part of our conversation when Steve returns with me on tomorrow's show. But I, I just don't see the Reds talking about good news for Jonathan India's injury by calling up Noel V. Marte. And let's think about this also from an offseason standpoint, because 
there's a lot of us that believe the Reds could trade Jonathan India this offseason. So if he comes back and he either re-injures, aggravates, or worsens the injury to his foot, then you can't trade him this offseason. I mean, you could. You could actually make a deal for him, but it would be at the lowest point of his value. So if you let him heal up now, then you say he is ready, he's healthy, he's ready to go. You still have some good value to trade him for. It's going to be interesting because I think that's a big part of this conversation is that if you read the tea leaves, it seems like the Reds could trade him this offseason. If you're looking at where he is at and how he has played this year and possibly ending the season with an injury might not be the highest point of his value to trade him. So it's going to be something we talk about this offseason. But it's it's worth a consideration. I just think with the Reds calling up Noel Marte, they're saying we've got our infield set and we're ready to go because we got some bad news on Jonathan India. Um, and I, I find this interesting because we talked about this with uh, some different folks, I've had the um, had the pleasure of being on some different shows with some folks, whether it be uh, Tony and Austin on Cincy 360 on ESPN 1530 or, you know, talking on 700 WOW with uh, Sterling for extra innings or uh, talking with Dan Carroll or something like that. If you're ever listening to radio in Cincinnati, there's a chance I might be on Talking Reds. But broach this question a couple of times is that is it really as simple as Jonathan India going on the IL and the Reds beginning to lose? Or is it something more? I'd like to hear from you on that. Was it really just that simple? Jonathan India's out, the Reds start losing. I don't tend to believe so, but it's not like there's empirical evidence. I mean, the empirical evidence is the Reds have a losing record without him in the lineup right now. But I think they were also headed for a little bit of a slump, and the lineup has been the biggest reason why the Reds have not been as good as they have been over the last few weeks. All right, let's talk about Nicoladola because there was a bad update on him. He had a uh, setback. He had a stress reaction in the leg that he had a stress fracture in, in his last rehab Audi. Uh, so they've shut him down. He's going for a second opinion but this really isn't that big of a stretch to say they should shut him down. Like, I don't even know what the second opinion doctor could say that would make me think they should bring him back. Like, unless the the doctor said, no, we're just kidding. It wasn't a stress reaction. That's not happening, by the way, because... It happened. I mean, he had a stress reaction in the fra- in the in the leg that he had a stress fracture in. So, no, shut him down. The question here is not whether or not the Reds should shut him down, though. The question is, in retrospective, was the Reds' deadline plan correct? And I think you have to view this through two different lenses. If you think that the Reds believed they were going to go for the playoffs and they were going for it this year, then absolutely the deadline plan was false. It was a bad plan. If you really think you're trying to go for the playoffs this year. But I think if you put some things together, the way that they've handled the roster, the way that they've made some decisions, I think the plan all along has been get ready for 2024. Sam Mall, when they traded for him, I mean, he's got multiple years of control. I think he's got two or three years of control left. 
they were not trading for rentals. The different players that we surmise, even the Lance Lens that I wanted them to go for, they weren't trading for players with expiring contracts because they weren't playing for this year's playoffs. And, and, and the crowd of people that constantly say, well, you can't bet on next year, this year. You got to just focus on this year. That's not how general managers work. That's why there are currently 30 guys who are employed as or, or, or gals in the, in the case of Kim Ang down in Miami. Um, there are 30 people that are employed as general managers for Major League Baseball clubs. And there are lots of other, uh, whatever number of people in the world that aren't general managers for Major League Baseball clubs don't have that job. Now, I'm sure there are plenty that you can bring into question their job. I don't think you can question Nick Crawl's job. You could probably question his deadline plan, but if you are looking at it from the lens of they're planning for 2024, then this deadline was not a failure. But it still leaves that question of, were they really betting on both Green and Lodolo to come back totally healthy and that's the reason they didn't trade for pitching? I don't think that's alone the reason. They were looking for multiple years of control, and because they were looking for that, they were looking for things that were too expensive. So that's really where that went. But just with Lodolo getting hurt, everyone revisited the trade deadline for a second and said, see, this is why they failed. You have to understand I don't think the Reds were playing for this year. They're playing for next year. Next year. Yeah, next year. But I don't think neither India nor Lodolo uh, should play again this year. Uh, Speaking of what's going to happen next, I think the Reds have told us that they're done. You're done with Nick Senzel. I'm going to tell you why coming up here in just a moment. Before we get into that, I wanted to remind you that you can catch every pitch of the Reds' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search the word Reds. <clears throat> Excuse me. Get a drink of Fresca there. Um, you can follow the podcast, too. Uh, make sure... If this is your first time listening, make sure you follow us on your favorite podcasting app. Or if you're watching here on YouTube, thank you so much. If it's your first time, make sure you subscribe and click that bell to get notified. Whenever we've got new content for you, we'll be with you all season. The rest of the season, we'll be with you through the off season and the next season. And as long as they will let me talk about my favorite team, the Cincinnati Reds. All right, the Reds are telling us with their most recent moves that they are done with Nixon Zell. Spot the lie. Stuart Fairchild uh, gets put on the seven-day concussion uh, injured list. Henry Ramos gets DFA'd. Okay, well, that's two outfielders. You need an outfielder. Nixon Zell's coming up, right? Wrong. Michael Ciani and Nick Martini, they even called up another Nick. Are, are coming up to the major leagues. Michael Ciani and Nick Martini. Now, Ciani, you might remember, last season got a cup of espresso, not even really a cup of coffee, a cup of espresso with the Reds last year. He's a light-hitting, glove-first outfielder. He can play a mean center field. But when he's at the plate, he's not scaring any pitcher in the major leagues. Uh, maybe he can develop into something there, but he's going to be more of a defensive-minded dude. And then Nick Martini... 
A quick look at him. He has 282 at-bats for three different MLB teams across three different seasons, and he hasn't played in the majors since 2021. These are the two guys that the Reds called up instead of Nixon Zell. They're telling us that they're done with Nixon Zell. Like, like if you were if you were bringing him back up, they would have done it. This is a bit of a bummer, uh, because I mean he was the promised prospect, right? He was the top guy, number two pick in the draft. Like, think about this, Nixon Zell. And, and, and I have a question for you, a question for you to think about. Is Nixon Zell a cautionary tale that we shouldn't worry about prospects? Or is he a cautionary tale that you can never have too many prospects? Because think about whenever he was coming up, whenever he was getting ready to debut in the major leagues, who else was with him? I think we have been... Blessed, spoiled, definitely, but definitely blessed this year to have so many top dudes make their debuts between Ellie, between Matt McClain, uh, Spencer Steer really debuted last year, but Christian Encarnacion Strand, Noel V. Marte, Andrew Abbott, Brandon Williamson, all these guys making their debuts and making big contributions to the team. But think about if it was only just one. Of those guys. It's kind of where we were with Nixon Zell. And really, the the vibe around the club at the time, whenever he first came up, was all right, Nixon Zell's gonna get here, then we're gonna start building for the playoffs. Nixon Zell's gonna get here, then we're gonna do it. Then we're gonna be good. Didn't didn't happen. In fact, if he is indeed done, and I believe he is, I believe the Reds are telling us that he will be playing for a different team next year, uh, Nixon Zell's career as a Red ends with a two thirty six career batting average, a career OPS plus of 74, which, quick primer on that, if you don't remember, OPS plus 100 is league average, so he is 26% below league average for his career as a Red a total of negative 1.9 baseball reference uh, war, wins above replacement. And then just for measure, I, I compared it with fan graphs because they both do different calculations for some reason, but fan graphs wins above replacement, negative uh, 1.1. So still below replacement level for a former top prospect, a guy that was highly rated by national prospect prognosticators, as well as, you know, uh, as well as Doug Gray, as well as all of us, everybody thought that this dude was going to be a dude. And he's been a dud. And that's kind of the big bummer around Nixon. So, but when you're telling me, that the Reds have had multiple opportunities over the last few weeks to call guys up. And not only did they they send him down for Henry Ramos, but they just DFA'd Henry Ramos and didn't bring him back up. They brought up another Nick. They found the other Nick in AAA. Nick Martini called him up. Journeyman, not really journeyman. I mean, he's only played for three teams and hasn't played in two years. 
what year and a half, but that that's just that's the Reds telling us without coming out and just saying it that they're done because he's going to be a non-tender candidate whenever that deadline comes up here in the beginning of December. I think he will headline that list. He'll be at the top of it, both a sure thing and kind of a big name to be DFA or non-tendered. But when you call up Michael Ciani and Nick Martini and you leave Nixon Zell in AAA, that's interesting to me. And side note, it's kind of interesting too that they didn't call up Jose Barrero. But as I continue to say with Jose Barrero, it's so confusing because dude kills AAA and then just comes up to the major leagues and forgets everything. But yeah, this is this is to me, this is this is the Reds saying that they're done with Nixon Zell. And and that's really a shame because he is a dude that I wanted to pan out. He is a dude that whenever he came up, I remember the fanfare. I remember the hype. Now it's, it's not hype that compared any bit to Ellie De La Cruz, but it was still very hyped. I mean, there were, there were articles of, I, I remember the C Trent Rosecrans article in the athletic of how the Reds got Nick Senzel, how the heavens opened up and the Reds were able to get this dude. Not that dramatic, but, you know, didn't work out. And now we are looking at the end of that. But, hey, the Reds got a doubleheader today. We got a chance to watch Andrew Abbott pitch. We got a chance to watch Andrew Abbott pitch against Shohei Otani. That is how we're going to end today's podcast. Before we do get out of here, don't forget, you can catch every pitch of that Reds hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search the word Reds. But that'll wrap us up for this edition of Lockdown Reds. Thanks, as always, for making us your first listen every day. Every day is coming up on the next Lockdown Reds podcast. Will we be celebrating the Reds hitting the over for the season win total? Find out on the next one because we're going to be Lockdown Reds every single day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.